This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDP. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Wrote a new book, Under Our Skin. In it, he writes, For so many people, the racial divide is an argument, a political position, a debate on TV, but keeping our distance isn't working. It's not an option anymore. This is about you and me. It's about our neighbors, our children, and the world. Um, that's what's on the back cover. I can't, there's a bunch of words in between, but it, it sounds great. I haven't had a chance to read it. Ben Watson is here. Um, Tony Dungy says he is uh, one of the brightest guys he knows. Everybody I've talked to says the same thing about Ben Watson. Hi, Ben. How are you? Hello, Glenn. How are you doing, man? I'm very good. I'm very good. Um, let's, let's just start. I want to talk about, you know, uh, what's been happening in your life and, and, uh, but, uh, but let's, let's get to the book and, and, and how we find our way to each other um, on things like Black Lives Matter. You know, I, I was reading an article that you wrote not too long ago, and you were talking about empathy. And you, from a very honest position, talked about your initial reactions to Black Lives Matter, to different things that we see. I think a lot of people can relate to that, but you also, for a minute there, talked about how you let your guard down and you were able to, for an instant, you know, see where someone else was coming from, being open to someone else's experience, even if it isn't right. yours. And right. although you may not always agree, you can you can say to them, you know, your your experience is real. Let me hear from you. Let me acknowledge the fact that what you're saying is, is truly going on. And I think that that's the start. That's how we kind of bridge the gap. And what we're seeing a lot of, whether it's the uh, the national anthem issue, whether it's, you know, you mentioned Black Lives Matter, whether it's police, excessive use of force, um, the list goes on and on and on, and you see us go into our separate corners yes. and point fingers and call each other awful names and not really be concerned about um, opening our hearts, opening our minds to hearing what someone else has to say, even if, even if it's not really your experience, or even if you don't even think that it's real. Uh, we're not having that honest dialogue, and I'm hoping that we can have that so that we can bridge the gap and find solutions. And Ben, Ben you seem to exhibit those same qualities because I, I was just rereading your Facebook post from uh, a while ago after the uh, Ferguson incident. And you had, you had the same introspection. You were, uh, you, you were confused as some are about, um, you know, first of all, there's a lot of people who just jump to conclusions. There's a lot of people who don't listen to facts. There's a lot of people who don't care about facts. There's a lot of people who don't listen to the other side, and you seem to be willing to do that as well. And, and how do we get more people on board to do that? Well, I think we all have a sphere of influence. And I said um, that the, the dining room table is as important as the courtroom when it comes to racial mm-hmm. reconciliation, when it comes to racial race relations. Um, we all have children that we teach. They watch everything that we do. They watch how we respond when different things happen on television, when we see uh, something happen on CNN or Fox or MSNBC, and they see our reactions. They hear what we say. 
they're forming their ideas about race and what that means by what yeah. we as parents are teaching them. Also, we have coworkers that tell jokes, that talk about things in a certain way. Are we willing to stand up for that? I mean, <clears throat> each of us has a certain amount of people that we can influence, and I think it's coming upon all of us to see where we, fi- where we fall in this whole dialogue, in this whole narrative. Um, a lot of times we want to point to a politician and say that they need to be the one to change things, or we want to point to some big government entity. Um, and what I'm saying is that we all need a change of heart, and we need to look introspectively. You know, you mentioned that what I wrote in the, in the post, and, you know, being honest about my anger and my frustration, but also my, my, my introspection and my sadness and my embarrassment when it comes mm-hmm. to all of these things. Yeah. So, Ben, uh, here's, the, here's the problem um, that I, I haven't figured out how we can get around. Um, there's a lot of, if you will, righteous anger right now. People have real reason to be angry about a lot of different things all across the spectrum. Things have broken down and they're not working, and and we haven't addressed issues. It's like, a, you know, if you're um, if if you are in a marriage that is going south, you can't just say, okay, let's start fresh. No, you have yeah. to listen to each other first and get it all out and yeah. be able to say, okay, I hear you, I understand you, I may not agree with you, but I understand you. So now let's move forward. We're not doing that. And, and here's what I'd like your advice on. I got a lot of heat, a lot of heat for um, my New York Times editorial. Um, uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, good. Hey, heat, heat uh, means that you're in a kitchen. I know. Uh, so I got a lot of heat for that. And it's not that I had a change of position on the leadership of, or I should say on the the um, the stated goals of Black Lives Matter, they are stated uh, that they are anti-capitalist, anti-American. Uh, you know, they want a separate state for African-Americans. I think this is insane. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the average person who is walking in the streets wants or what yeah. they're feeling. How do we get past our own people? Because, you know, me saying I want to sit down with Black Lives Matter people, they're all thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to sit with that guy. And then I got to get through them, but I got to get through my own people, too, to say, no, it's okay to listen to one another. Yeah. Well, well, I think Black Lives Matter is a convenient excuse not to talk about things. And so you have this organization, Black Lives Matter. And for a while, I was like, what is what exactly do does Black Lives Matter represent and believe? So I went on their website, and I looked at a lot of things, like I'm sure you did, did some research yeah. and said, you know what, I don't agree with that, I don't agree with that, I don't agree with that. I do like this, but I don't agree with this, right? And so the movement you know, starts, and a lot of people simply think it's just about police excessive force, but yes. there are other things that are involved. I mean, you have a lot of folks who are saying they're part of the movement, who, who are holding banners, saying they're part of the movement and burning things and, and doing things that are illegal, and they may not even be. But we look at them and say, well, that represents all black people, but it doesn't. It doesn't. And so what I'm saying is there are extremes on each side. You have white supremacists who hate black people, and there's nothing that's ever going to change for them. They think we are animals. And, and you can tell because you see it on social media. Then you have some people who say the white man is the devil, and I never want to hear anything from him. And you have some of us in the middle, and we're the ones that need to look at our interpersonal relationships, whether they be at church or at school or at work 
or on teams or wherever they may be and be willing to be honest with each other and allow us to talk about it without being labeled bigots mm. and racist and to be able to grow and hear experiences. So, so there's some people you're not gonna you're not gonna reach and you know that. <clears throat> but let's not worry about those and let's yeah. not use those as an excuse for us in the middle not so, to really try to effect positive change and let our guard down and, and be real with each other. I mean how do you, you you mentioned the fact that you have to you have to address these things in order to get over it, and it does no one any good to simply say you know racism is gone. It's, it, it was it was a long time ago. That that's not true, obviously. Um, how do you feel about um, uh, athletes that are kneeling down? I mean, I am all for you. Got to do what you believe, and mm-hmm. uh, there is nothing more patriotic, or not. I should say that there's nothing more American than yeah. uh, standing up for what you believe and, and protesting even the government. Um, yeah. That's what we were founded on. Um, but how do you feel about these, um, about these guys? Well, I, I agree with you on that, that America was founded on, on protest. <laughs> right. America started with people overthrowing or, or shaking their fists um, at the government, and not because they didn't care about the country, but because they wanted it to be something better. Yeah. And so I said from the beginning that if I was able to play, obviously I can't right now, I would, I would be standing for the national anthem. And it's not because I don't agree with the reason of the guys that are kneeling. I agree with them, and even more so um, because of my life experience and because of what I know happens in this country. Um, but I think the default position for any American is to be able to stand for the national anthem. Now, if there's a time, which there is right now, where men are wanting to draw attention to certain issues, I'm all for them doing that, and I think that they're well within their rights. Um, I don't think we should be telling them to leave the country or that they should take bullets in their head. You know, that is that is ridiculous because, as you mentioned, uh, that is part of what makes our country great and what pushes us to address certain issues. The problem is when people simply look at the protester and not really the reason why they're protesting. Tell me, um, tell me is the, probably the whitest white man you've ever met in your life. Um, uh, uh, I, I, I practically wear, you know, polka dot clothes like a loaf of Wonder Bread. Um, I've seen uh, you. I've seen pictures. <laughs> All right. Okay. Heck off. It's my show. Um, so, Ben, explain to me, you just said, you know, with my life experiences, I agree with them and maybe more. Explain to me as a as a whitey white guy what I should be hearing. Well, you should, you should first be willing to hear. And, I am. And I, th- I think that's the first step is that many aren't, aren't, aren't even willing to 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 hear. Um, you, you should be hearing. um the, the personal experiences, but also the collective experience of many black people in this country. And what we also need to understand is that I'm not condemning you as an individual whitest of white guys as being a racist simply because the country we live in has an inherent bias against people of color. Um, and, and this has been proven over and over again, even when we talk about the example with the kids picking out the, the good doll and the bad doll. 
Yes. And when they point to, and this is this is even what black kids too. We we, we all are affected by this simply because of the history of our country. Mm. Is that you know the, the darker skin is kind of less desirable. And I'm not saying that that's a personal thing from you. What I'm saying is that we all kind of operate under this under this bias. And what I see, what I see from a lot of white people that I know, because I know a lot of whitest of the white people, <laughs> they're, my, they're some of my best friends. Is that, immediate, is, that it, is that immediately when when that subject is brought up, they get defensive, which which I totally understand because if I was in their, their shoes, I probably would too, um, and think that that I'm saying that it's your fault and that you're racist and that and that I I, I blame I blame you for everything, and that's not what I'm saying at all. So, I'm so, simply being honest about the, the situation, and and the, and the truth of the matter is, Glenn, is that when you look through civil rights, um, you look through, um, you know, the 80s, 90s, whatever it is, you look all the way to emancipation. It has been it has been white people who have, being the majority culture, who have helped this thing go along, and so it's not a us against you guys or anything like that. It's a we. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the most important thing to remember. It's connecting with your humanity and seeing, uh, seeing the human in all of us. Yeah. And um, okay, I want to take a quick break. Um, talking to uh, Ben Watson. Uh, do you prefer? By the way, your books. Everybody calls you Ben, but your books are Benjamin Watson. Is that is that your nom de plume or? <laughs> Well, I prefer Benjamin. I'm not a fan of okay. Ben. It usually gets right. shortened to Ben because, you know, Ben is much easier to say, but I, I prefer Benjamin. Okay, Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin <laughs> Watson, uh, he, he has written the book Under Our Skin, Getting Real About Race. Yeah, Benjamin, I, I'm, I, I've seen some really strong stands that um, you take on same-sex marriage and uh, also Planned Parenthood. That you've said that the, their their goal is to exterminate blacks, which is true. That's how they were. That's why they were set up by by Margaret Sanger. Do you, do you get a lot of uh, pushback from fellow athletes? Uh, no, not from pro athletes. Um, <clears throat> amazingly, um, I, I think that a lot of times athletes are are kind of in a position where uh, others think they shouldn't weigh in on certain social topics. Um, overwhelmingly, I would say I've, I've had really good support from from many of my teammates and you know, guys that I play with. Uh, we we want to be able to express our views. You know, we're part of this country too. We pay taxes and we vote and all those things, and so um, it's important for us to be able to talk about these things. I have received a little bit of pushback from other people, but you know, the great thing is that people are entitled to their, to their opinions. But I would say overwhelmingly, I've had a lot of support. You were. Um, um... Your your dad's a pastor. Yes, sir. Yeah, my dad's a pastor in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. How hard is it to keep your faith in the world that you live in? Uh, well, Glenn, I would say that we all, um, in whatever world we're in, whatever our um, occupation is, um, we all uh, have have a path to walk, and we all have struggles. Um, you know, being in the NFL, obviously, there are some unique challenges in the NFL, but. What I found and what Scripture tells us is that your faith is not something on the side. It's not something that you carry with you. It is inherently who you are. Um, when you pass from death into life, you become a new person. And so everything you do flows from that. Um, when you go to work, you are a Christian at your workplace. You're not 
you're not a, uh, a broadcaster who happens to be Christian. You're a Christian right. who does broadcasting and rights and those sorts of things. The same for me as an athlete. And so um, everything I do, you know, that that's just who I am. And so um, whatever the, the, the trials are and the, and the temptations in any job um, is not anything that um, that is not uncommon. We all face certain things. You know, I feel like we're living in the world um, where we're choosing between Jesus and Barabbas. And obviously, I'm not <laughs> assigning I'm not assigning anybody Jesus nor Barabbas role. But yeah. the crowd is cheering for the um, uh, the anarchist and the guy who was going to light the world on fire, and the guy who's saying love one another is not being listened to. In fact, he's going to be crucified. How do we get past this rage and the mob mentality of screaming for Barabbas because it makes us feel good? Well, it, it makes sense. Um, when you look through our history, you know, even now I've been reading in the book of Acts, and it talks about how persecution spread the gospel. And so the, there's a wide road and a narrow road. And when we live in the world, we can't be surprised when the world acts like, acts like the world. Um, and we also can't be surprised when those who are believers act like believers, but we also understand that we are in um, a world who is going contrary or going against what um, the Word of God says. And that's normal, and that's what we should expect. However, we, we know how the outcome happens. We know who triumphs in the end, um, and we're called to live and to love other people. Even if, they, even if they don't agree with us, we're called to love other people. We're called to respect other people. Um, we're called to be a light to the world. Benjamin Watson, the name of the book is Under Our Skin. Uh, Benjamin, I hope we talk again soon. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDP. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD.